Sunday, April the 25th. Welcome to this Burlington Audio Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and inspired in your faith as you listen to this message. We'd love to hear what you think. Please be in touch with us through the website. More information and many more podcasts are all at burlingtonbaptist.org.uk. Thanks for listening. This week and last week form a couplet as we continue our Reset series. One of the dominant messages of the prophets before the people of the Old Testament went into exile, into their lockdown, was that they needed to face up to what was wrong. And if they didn't face up to what was wrong, there would be consequences. They would go into exile. They would find themselves in a lockdown of their own. And as we know, that's exactly what happened. And God used that opportunity to reset them, to reboot them, that they would be powered up again into a new future. But it was a very important theme. Uh, And I asked Claire last week to introduce it to us from the book of Hosea. That Hosea was encouraging the people that they could have confidence in God's love and that confidence could be so strong that they would be able to face up to any and everything that was wrong. But of course, in the end, they didn't heed the warnings of Amos, Hosea and several of the other prophets around that time, Isaiah and Jeremiah. And they ended up going into exile and being locked down. I guess we can draw some parallels, some similarities to our global experience of the coronavirus that maybe this too is a result of us being unable or unwilling to face up to things that are wrong. But it does form, as I say, a couplet this week and last week as we look at the book of Jonah. Now, we all think we know what the book of Jonah is all about. It is, of course, about the big fish, isn't it? Isn't it about the fact that God sent a big fish because Jonah was unwilling to go to Nineveh, to go to Tarshish, sorry, to go to Nineveh to uh, share the gospel with them. And because Jonah went in the opposite direction, he went as far away from Nineveh as he possibly could, that God sent a big fish to swallow him up and to bring him to his senses. And to be honest, I think a great whale would have brought me to my senses as Well, isn't that what it's about? Well, it is about those things. But with Hebrew writing, always, there is usually something deeper than what lies at the surface. And whilst Jonah is about those things, it's also about something else more fundamental than even those ideas of uh, obedience, missional zeal, being confident in preaching the gospel, being willing to go to a different place to share the love of Jesus. It is about something deeper. And we can see the deeper truth revealing itself as we get towards the end of the book. You see, because towards the end of the book, the truth comes out, the real truth. You know, when you think it's about this and then As time goes on in the story, you realise, no, 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 it's not really about this. It is actually about that. And so as you get to the end of the book of Jonah, you realise what it's really about. Jonah, for the first time, becomes blatantly honest. And he says, do you know what? The reason that I didn't want to go to Nineveh wasn't because I was afraid, 
wasn't because I didn't want to preach the gospel, wasn't because I was um, scared or intimidated, wasn't even because I didn't want to obey you, God. The reason I didn't go to Nineveh was because I knew what would happen if I went. I knew that if I went to Nineveh and preached to them about you, that the Ninevites would turn around, would repent, and you would rescue them. And I didn't want you to rescue them because the Ninevites are evil and I wanted them to suffer and I wanted them to be punished because I don't like them and they deserve everything that they get. But I knew God. I knew that you were loving and gracious and slow to anger and full of mercy. That even if the even the Ninevites, if they were to turn around, then you would rescue them. You see, the book, the message of Jonah, above all else, is about the power of repentance, the power of turning, facing up to what's wrong, as the Ninevites did, and turning around from it. And that releases people, releases the Ninevites, and it releases us in the same way into God's better future. You see, at the heart of the book of Jonah is the message that if the Ninevites, if even the Ninevites repent, turn around, then God will rescue them and God will bless them. And to be honest, Jonah, in his honest moment, he couldn't stomach that. He thought they were too evil, too far gone, too distant from God, too pagan, too messed up for God to still love and rescue them. You see, at the heart of the message of the book of Jonah is that repentance, turning around, is a doorway that is always available to us wherever we are and whatever situation we find ourselves in. And that doorway takes us back to God's best. Repentance is a doorway that's always available to us back to God's best for our lives. That's the primary message of the book of Jonah. And it's so important. You see, it it couplets with last week that we can be so confident in God's love that we can face up to what's wrong because we know that if we turn around, God will rescue us just like he did the Ninevites. And the reason that the book of Jonah focuses on the Ninevites is that they were the worst, the furthest from God, the most messed up, the most sinful, the most depraved that that particular period of time knew. And if God would rescue the Ninevites, even the Ninevites, then God would do the same for the people in the Old Testament, in Hosea's contemporaries, Jeremiah, Isaiah's contemporaries, and God would do the same for us. That's why it's so important. A doorway that's always available to us back to God's best. And we cannot say, but I'm too far gone. I'm too messed up. I've made too many mistakes. My failures are too great. I'm too far from God. No, even the Ninevites, I knew, says Jonah, that even the Ninevites, if they were to turn around, you would rescue them. 
And it has echoes in the book of Deuteronomy, which is kind of a summary book that was rediscovered during this whole time of Israel's history. And it says there in chapter 30 that even if you've gone as far away as possible, even if you're in the farthest country, even from there, God will bring you back as you turn back to him. It's a reminder that it doesn't matter where we are. As we turn around, we turn to God in repentance. There is a doorway there for us to step back into what God's best is for our lives. It's a wonderful, beautiful thing that we can be confident in because of the love of God. Jonah says, do you know what, God? You are so loving and so amazing. I know what you'll do. And to be honest, I can't stand it because I'm not that loving and I'm that kind. I, I, I don't really want you to do that to the Ninevites because they're so awful. But God, you will do that, I know, because of your love. And that's why I didn't want to uh, go. And we know that at the heart of repentance, at the heart of turning around, The word the Bible uses is metanoia. It's about a change in thinking more than anything else. Because, And this is important, I think. Turning around, when we face up to what's wrong in our lives, turning around is not just being sorry, although it is that. And it's not just acting differently, although it results in that. At the heart of repentance, at the heart of turning around, is changing our thinking. You see, repentance is a doorway into God's best that we open through primarily changing the way we think. Paul said that, didn't he? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able. You see, the change in thinking is super important When we come to thinking about repenting and turning around, it's not just being sorry and it's not just saying, well, I'm going to act differently now because it's almost impossible to consistently act differently to the way that we think. If we want to behave differently, we will have to think differently because behind every wrong action is a wrong belief. Every wrong way of thinking leads to a wrong way of acting and believing. That's why so many of the letters in the New Testament, Colossians, uh, Philippians, Romans, uh, and several others, begin with orthodoxy, right belief, and end with orthopraxy, right behaviour. Because the scriptures know that right behaviour comes from right belief. So as we face up to what's wrong in our lives, confident in the love of God that we learned from Hosea and turning around, as Jonah is now reminding us of, as we face up to those things, we need to focus on what we think, be transformed by the renewing of our minds, turning around the way our minds think, turning around what we believe, because that will affect our behaviour. Repentance is a doorway always available to us that we open by asking God to give us the strength and the insight to change the way that we think. But the third point about repentance, about turning around is this. The doorway opens to new life. 
the doorway opens to new birth, to new beginning, new life now and on into eternity. When I repent, when I turn around, it doesn't matter how far I've gone, how far I've fallen, how messed up, it doesn't matter if I'm just as bad as the Ninevites. God's love is so great, Jonah says, that I knew how you would respond, God. When the Ninevites, when I turn around, turn back to God, God's love is so great. What happens? New birth happens. You see, often we think that the book of Jonah is all about the fish. And to be honest, it's not really about the fish at all. And our Western mind wants to know, well, did it really happen? Could it really happen? To be honest, God can do anything. He's created this amazing world. If he wants to send a whale to swallow somebody up, that's totally up to him and absolutely possible and normal. But to the Hebrew listener, reader of these texts. They probably weren't interested so much in those Western scientific questions. They were much more interested in what the the nuance was, what the meaning was. And there is a very significant nuance. You see, Jonah is swallowed by a male fish. But then when we find him in the belly of the fish, we discover that the fish is female. Now again, the book of Jonah is not written for our Western scientific minds. They're not asking the same questions as us. And the Hebrew reader wouldn't be asking the same questions either. So go with it for a moment. What does it mean to draw attention to the fact that Jonah is in the belly of a female fish? You see, that fish was giving birth to what Jonah was about to do. At the heart of the book of Jonah is a reminder that what Jonah was about, although he was trying to flee from it, what the message of Jonah is about is about new birth, the the beginnings of something new that comes from repentance that comes from turning around changing the wrong beliefs the wrong attitudes the wrong mindsets that result in wrong behavior and wrong actions turning around from wrong belief so that we might believe right and live right that we might have orthodoxy in our belief and therefore orthopraxis in our behavior right belief to right behavior and all of that will bring the new life that God desires it will open up the doorway that we might step into God's better future for us. That's how amazing the love of God is. And the reason that Jonah didn't go is because he knew exactly what God would do when anyone, even the Ninevites, turned around. So where are we? This couplet, Hosea and many other prophets alongside him, like Amos and the others, and this book of Jonah, which is one of the books in this series that we'll look at, that that isn't rooted so directly in history. It's less significant exactly the moment in history when it's identifying, but it's a carrier principle, a key principle that as we uh, face up to things that are wrong, confident in the love of God, we know what to do. We turn around. And even if we feel like we've messed up as much as the Ninevites, God will relent and God will rescue us just like he did them in the book of Jonah. Today I suggest that we pray specifically for our town. Yes, there are many needs across the nations. There are many needs in our own homes and lives and families. But today let's focus on praying for our town. This week, uh, there was something called Ipswich Church Leaders Conference, and the breakout rooms focused on those working in specific sectors, and those are the sectors that I'm going to pray for.
today. So Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless you for our town. We thank you so much for those working within it, with a good heart and a Christ-like heart, seeking first the kingdom of God. And we pray for those working in sectors of physical and mental health, for those working in the sector of poverty and debt, of education, those seeking to address addiction and meeting the needs of housing and homelessness, those looking to walk with vulnerable families, for those passionate about racial harmony and equality, for those working against criminal exploitation, those working within business. We also pray, Father, for those working within the environment, those working on governance and politics, law and order, and our social services. We thank you for Christian believers in each one of these sectors, seeking first the kingdom of God. Father, bless them, we pray. Give them integrity. Give them your protection, your wisdom. Help them to have connectivity and cohesion together and provide the resources they need to serve you well. And we pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.